Welcome to the Connect with County Leaders podcast, a monthly opportunity to meet and connect with Fairfax County leaders, to learn about the latest county news and information, and hear more on specific Fairfax County programs and services. Now here's your host, Jim Person, with this month's guest. Hello, and welcome to Connect with County Leaders. Today, we're joined by Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill, and we're going to talk about the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, emergency action by the Board of Supervisors affecting county businesses, Fairfax Forward, and the county's move into Phase 1 of Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's phased approach to the reopening of Virginia. Mr. Hill, welcome back to the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Hey, Jim, how are you this morning, this great day? Everything's well with me, and and how are you? I'm doing well. You do sound chipper. Everything has been uh, going well since May 6th, the last time we talked? Well, you know, every now and then I do get outside to uh, shoot the basketball around and get my head clear, and yesterday I did that. Uh, Over the weekend, I saw my youngest son, Aaron, and we had a one-on-one, and uh Old, the old guy was able to actually stay up with the young guy, so it, it, it made me feel good. I just got to get some more of this winter hibernation off of me. You, you hung in there for, for a while, right, or for a few points. <laughs> no, I, I played the whole game. I hung in there pretty good. Okay, all right. Well, actually, major. no, he hung in there pretty good. How's that, uh, Jim? There you go. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I learned something about you the other day. Uh, what, what was your nickname in college, Mr. Thrill? Is that right? Yeah, so there is a person uh, named Chris Ty, who uh, we call him the Red Man because he had crazy red hair, and uh, I I don't know where he came up with that nickname, but it stuck. And uh, you know, I God bless him. He was one of the reasons why I was able to graduate because he <laughs> he he forced us to be on our game. <laughs> well. And give give a little bit of the backstory, that little inside joke that we're talking about. Uh, some congratulations are in order for you. So explain that, if you will. Well, you know, it was it was news to me as well. Uh, I was uh, inducted into the Alfred University uh, Hall of Fame. Um, I played basketball there. Um, believe it or not, Sue Robinson, uh, who, who, who ensures that I'm in the right place at the right time, and I don't, I don't, I'm not mean to people. She knew a week in advance before I knew. And uh, they uh, inducted me into the Hall of Fame for not for some basketball as well as things I've done after basketball. And, you know, it's a great honor and it's a privilege. Uh, I'm still a little bit taken aback by it. Uh, but, you know, uh, Alfred University is a great place, and uh, we, we, we enjoyed, I enjoyed my time there. I still think about it fondly. I, I was able to do the convocation a year and a half ago. Uh, to the opening of school for those freshmen. Uh, I plan on going back in November, obviously, for the induction, and I plan on being on campus several more times. Uh, I teased my roommate, who actually had a better athletic career than I did in football, that uh, I got there first, and he's a little bit jealous, uh, Sam Goebel. But, you know, it's just a great honor and a privilege to be recognized for what you're doing today, not only what you did back Back then, because it was 30 years ago, I left campus. But what I'm doing today is 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 makes me feel proud that we're 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 moving Fairfax forward. Right. Well, congratulations again from uh, all of us here in the in the podcast studio. So we uh, certainly do appreciate your uh, your service. Now, uh, last time we talked uh, was May 6th, the last podcast we had, and that was right before the board 
um, adopted the the budget. Uh, there weren't, I don't think, any real changes since the May 6th conversation, but just kind of recap for us the, the budget and, and what that means for Fairfax County moving forward. Well, there weren't any changes to our budget. I, mean, I presented a budget in February and then represented it again in April. Uh, we did not have a tax rate adjustment. We're down. We're still at 115, um, which is our tax rate going forward. We did propose a three cent increase. Uh, we're still doing things that support affordable housing or child care readiness. Uh, we're still doing our body worn camera, but yet it's going to be a little bit slower than normal. Um, so there's really no changes to our budget. The biggest thing that I had to say about fiscal year 20 as opposed to 21, uh, had to make some adjustments with travel and um, expenditures um, and hiring. Um, every, every person that's being hired by Fairfax County now, uh, it goes through a process where Kathy Spage and HR, Human Resources, uh, sends it up to the Department of Budget and Management. Uh, the guy that gets approved or denied, um, if it's approved, it then goes to myself and Joe Mondora and I have a conversation about longevity of the positions that we have. Because the one thing that we want to ensure is if we're going to hire somebody, I do not, I do not want to be the one to tell them that they need to take a furlough or a RIF or whatever going forward. So we're, we're, we're trying to strategically ensure that all of our employees are taken care of going forward into the future as we move Fairfax forward. But I do not want to be the county executive that employs somebody one month and then tells them the next month that uh, we can't afford going, uh, we can't afford you in this position. So we've been looking at it from a strategic standpoint. The, the strategic plan will start running again shortly. Um, as we go through uh, this pandemic, uh, CARES Act funding, we got $200 million direct from uh, the federal government. Uh, that was because we were a locality over 500,000. Uh, we're the only locality in the Commonwealth under over 500,000, so we got direct funding. Uh, the others get it directly from the state with a lot of caveats, so it gave us a lot of flexibility. And that flexibility, I believe, is going to carry us forward um, as we move it into fiscal 21. So that's basically a nutshell of where we are with the budget. Uh, the budget is the budget. Schools are working towards a a, a reopening plan. Uh, I've been speaking with Superintendent Scott Braybrand on a regular basis. Um, we have to get schools back open in August in some form or fashion. Um, parents need it. Businesses need it. We all need it. We all need to try to become a little bit more normal. But you know, uh, normal is normal is not easy. Uh, after nine eleven, we we said we wanted to be normal. TSA ramped up how you get through the airport. Whenever we have things as such, we have to change, and our ability to change and pivot is going to be the key in how we bring our economy back, as well as how we bring our nation back. Mm -hmm. How how has Fairfax County government changed and pivoted? As of today, and, and this podcast is coming out on Friday, uh, May 29th, this, this point in time, how have we changed and pivoted? Well, it's been a, it's been a challenge, obviously. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of uh, folks that are um, concerned with the building being in the building, and we've addressed that by uh, allowing many of our employees to telework who can telework. Uh, my productivity has actually gone up in several areas. 
Um, we we uh, have folks that have to come in and deal with the general facing public. We're working hard to ensure that they have uh, the PPE that is necessary to ensure that our employees are safe and sound. Uh, I I have to say this. I, 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 as well as many individuals in the county executive office, have not been out of the office uh, since March 16th. That's pretty much I've been in, in here many days, every day since March 16th. So it was Dave Rohr and Joe Mondoro, um, Rachel Flynn. Um, Tisha Deegan's been working from afar um, for various reasons. Um, we are here as a family unit. We're not here to say you will come into this office and you will work in the space, but we are going to have the ability for all to work in our space. Uh, they will be safe in their space. We'll have the social and physical distancing necessary for us to continue doing our work. Um, it gives us more opportunities, absolutely more opportunities to bring more people onto our campus, but yet have enough space for them to uh, feel safe and sound. And that's what we're doing. We have a job match program for many of our employees where facilities were closed. Uh, we, instead of laying them off, we put out a job match program. That's going pretty well. I believe about 700 plus employees have been matched into other jobs throughout the county as we continue to move forward. Um, Chris Leonard and Kirk and Cannon, uh, Chris Leonard from the Neighborhood Community Services and Kirk and Cannon from Park Authority have put out plans. Uh, you will hear um, today or as this podcast is breaking, you'll hear plans about how we're going to deal with phase one with outdoor facilities. Uh, and, you know, CDC says to get outside, recreate and exercise. So we're going to modify how we allow that to happen, but it's only outdoors. We're still working on indoors. When the public comes to our building, I'm not sure when that's going to happen again. It might be phase three, but as of phase one, the public is still um, not coming into our building. Uh, and if they are coming into the building, they have to make special provisions to come in. For instance, elections, uh, working with uh, Kate Hanley on that. So there's many things and many moving pieces uh, our community has been resilient and has been great. I'm looking forward to our uh, end-of-year projections to see how bad uh, sales tax and revenue is coming in because, again, revenue is what keeps us driving and what keeps us, th- keeps us thriving in our community. Uh, I want to say many localities have lost business, and we're probably losing some businesses as well, um, but when this pandemic struck, nobody thought about how do you bring in business. And we have uh, brought in Microsoft with a Microsoft Corporation is going to come in and uh, bring in another 1,500 jobs and uh, 400 plus thousand square feet in the rest of town center. So those are the things that we want to show. We want to show that we're business friendly and we can continue to thrive even when we have obstacles like a pandemic. Uh, that is the goal. Our resiliency and our ability to pivot is the key. Right. You mentioned today, the, the day the podcast is dropping, uh, Friday, May 29th, uh, Fairfax County and Northern Virginia uh, moving into phase one of Governor Northam's phased approach to reopening of Virginia. I, I know you talk a lot with, with other county execs, other leaders, other elected officials, uh, that type of thing. 
is there anything you've learned, any um, lessons learned from, from different parts of the state that, that entered phase one already? Because I think they were, what, like two weeks ahead of Northern Virginia and Fairfax County because we requested not to move into phase one so quickly. Any lessons learned from talking with other uh, jurisdictions? Well, the lessons learned are that people don't want to be indoors uh, and they don't want to be stay at home. So the question is, how do you uh, make it as uh, safe and as possible? Um, the governor has attempted to slow the curve of COVID-19, 20, and yes, again, 21. Uh, lessons learned uh, for Northern Virginia are that it, it was miraculous that our elected officials all signed a letter stating that they wanted to slow down uh, re-entry into phase one. Uh, that, I believe, is a show of strength for our region and how they get along. And the CAOs, the chief administrative officers um, from Loudoun, Arlington, Alexandria, Prince William, and then the towns and cities around us all were on the same page. It's about collaboration. It, it's about being able to move forward as a team, a proactively, a proactive thought process to allow us to move together. And, you know, when you look at that, typically you're, you're, you're playing against another county for things to happen, but we collectively realized that it was in our best interest for all of us to be on the same team. Now the trick is getting not only us on the same team, continuing down that path, is opening schools in the same fashion. So this is why we're going to also have a group meeting with our superintendents throughout the region to make sure that we're all doing this and we're all understanding what our each and every one of us is dealing with. Obviously, Fairfax County being the largest is going to be the toughest. We have to fit 197,000 students into 161 schools. How do you do that safely and soundly? And Dr. Brabrand is working that out with his team as well as with the state superintendent as well as with the superintendents locally and regionally so we can all be on the same page. I think we've talked about this before, the, the, you know, the closing of services or the you know, closing the government buildings to, to public, those type of things, it was kind of, air quote, easy to do. But now when we're getting into this, you know, re reopening phase, um, everything is going at a different pace, it seems like. And people may be confused about, well, can I do this? Can I do that? It seems to me that's complicating, complicating the issue. Um, j just thoughts about looking ahead to, and I know the government hasn't hasn't closed, but you know everybody uses the phrase the reopening of Virginia or whatever. Any thoughts looking forward, looking ahead? <laughs> uh, thoughts looking ahead. If 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 I would have been able to put in my crystal ball uh, that this was going to happen, I would be ahead of the curve uh, right now and directing and telling everybody what's happening tomorrow. Unfortunately, that's not happening. Uh, when when we look at this, um, as they say, reopening of Virginia, I look at it in two phases. Uh, Fairfax County government has not closed. So we basically are readjusting to the opening of Virginia. Uh, we have done things virtually, and we've done things skillfully that are 
becoming more part of our daily operation uh, when it comes to permitting and things as such because the economy has to continue. I'm hopeful that our economy continued despite the fact that the rest of Virginia or the northern Virginia region has been and continues to be in phase zero. The reopening of businesses and restaurants are obviously key to our sustainability and our lifeblood and our and our success. Uh, we have an ordinance coming. Uh, we just passed an ordinance allowing restaurants to uh, allow additional seating up to 50% exterior. Those are the types of things that we are trying to do. We're trying to ensure that we are ahead of the curve, but the curve for us is unknown because it changes wildly. If you would have asked me last week would I be talking about an ordinance today, the answer would have been no. Would you have, If you would have asked me two weeks ago about asking the governor to not be a part of phase one, the answer would have been no. But we had to strategically think about what's best for Northern Virginia because our ability to be open and remain open is the lifeblood of the Commonwealth. When we're 24% of the gross domestic product for this state, or this state, this region attributes to 40% total, but we're, Fairfax County is 24%, we cannot have a open and then a close. So we should be doing it and listening to our health professionals to how to stage this in a, in a way where we do not close again. Because if we close again, it could be catastrophic. Well, you mentioned the um, actually the the board of supervisors uh, just yesterday had that emergency meeting to uh, pass that ordinance uh, that that dealt with some um, I don't know if it's um, uh, regulation coding or whatever it was, but affecting restaurants uh, being able to move into to phase one. What about specifically government employees? I know a lot of them listen and and folks do business with the government. What about government operations? Are employees, um, you know, going to have to have signed notes from the doctor? Are there going to be temperature checks? Are people coming back in phased approaches? You know, what, what do you know at this point in time about county government operations? Well, as you know, we, we have not closed. And there's many people that come to work every day into the government complexes, as well as individuals who telework from home. Um, what I will tell you this is this: uh, as my as our technology becomes better and stronger, and more viable, and we can do things from a remote process as opposed to a physical inside the building process, I'm hopeful that I can use the additional space to bring folks back into our building from other buildings, so we can get into a more centralized um, working environment where we are in control of our external forces. Again, the pandemic has made you change how you do things, as opposed to being able to change when you're ready to change or when you want to change. This has forced us to change. And if you remember in all my other podcasts, I hate being the person being told to change, and the pandemic has told me to change. The question is how we pivoted with it. And, you know, our buildings have been open since... The pandemic has hit the, the United States of America. Uh, we've done things a little differently, and we've done things a little bit better. Uh, there's some things that we need to continue to get better on because of the, the change. 
but it gives us the opportunity to think outside the box and see how we can make Fairfax County as strong as possible, stronger than possible. And this is what we're doing. And if we can get our resolve and, and move forward in Fairfax County without going through significant budget cuts, without having a reduce of force and, and showing that we can still grow, even this res- despite the pandemic's effects, it shows us that we're a business-friendly community. It shows us that we're a community that takes care of our residents, and it absolutely shows we're a government that cares about their employees. Right. Fairfax Forward, I, I mentioned that in the uh, in the introduction. Is that a plan? Is that just a phrase? What is Fairfax Forward? Now, you know me better than that, Jim. Now, if I, I never have just phrases without a plan. No comment, Jim. Uh, no, I was going to let you explain. I, I knew I knew the answer, but I was going to let you give it to me. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be putting out some documentation um, as we anticipated the governor's announcement. We've been working with a plan uh, to go out to senior management and for senior management to work with staff on how to move things forward, as well as our staff working with senior management how to work how to move things forward. Notice what I said, senior management working with staff, staff working with senior management. We have to think differently. I'm giving you each and every one of you an opportunity to think differently, but you have some parameters that we've set forth, but we do need to be able to think differently in how we move forward. I am committed to ensuring that every employee is empl- continues to be employed with the county, but I need the employee to understand we do not do what you are normally doing in the past, that you're able to pivot to do things differently, and then we can continue to move this county in a progressive way. And that's what we've been doing. The Board of Supervisors has been absolutely behind us in all the changes we have had to make, as well as the changes that we are making. This is about all of us banding together and being, and as I say this always, rowing in the same direction. So is this a good time then for employees and residents to come forward with ideas, suggestions, new ways of uh, of doing business? Well, Jim, unfortunately um, um, or fortunately, the residents and staff always come with new ideas and um, suggestions. The question is how do we incorporate that into the fabric of what we're doing and in, in, in how the board wants, to, wants, wants us to, to operate. Um, we take any suggestions, and we do move things pretty quickly. And, you know, daily, I, I think today's email count on my computer is about 3,200. And I tend to read, I have to read every last one of them because there could be a suggestion there that makes perfect sense for us to, to move without me looking and, and prying and without the, t- the team talking. We, we, we don't want to continuously stay in the same this is what we do, and this is what we've always done. This is what we're going to be doing, and this is how we're going to be better. We're we're ending the end of the fiscal year. The, the county budget is not on a calendar year, uh, and and getting ready to obviously start the next fiscal year. Um, anything you can tell us about end of year, the finances? You know how how are folks looking at at expenditures and 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 you know things like that as we head into the new year. Well, as we stated, we um, we have had to make some modifications to how we're expending on, tra- you know, like for instance, travel is no longer an option for us. 
Um, and we're looking at every expenditure that we make. I'm not saying we didn't do that before, but we really are tightening our belts now because what I want to do is have some flexibility into the first portion of next year with our reserve funds. Uh, our carry-forward process is going to be um, key, along with our CARES Act money, is going to be key in getting us through the first quarter of fiscal 21. Uh, fiscal 21, first quarter is July, um, August, and September. Uh, I don't know when we're going to be in phase two or phase three, but we have to figure out a plan, which we have done, to get us into quarter two and three and four. And if we can get the quarter two without too much of a downturn in our revenue from what we projected, we should be in a strong strong place for quarters three and four into fiscal 2021. 20, uh, uh, fiscal 22 is going to be the trick. Uh, we don't, We can't see all the statistical anomalies that are happening with COVID and pandemics because, you know, there could be a flare-up in October, November, December. Those are the things that we have to deal with right now. It's what does today look like versus what does tomorrow look like, which is what, how do we project into the future. Right. How do you, how do you balance? How do you juggle? Uh, you know, we're coming off the Memorial Day holiday and I remember seeing on the news, you know, not here on the East Coast or Northern Virginia, but, you know, I forget where, middle of the country, coast, Florida, those kind of things. Beaches packed, you know, um, water amusements packed. Everybody is out, you know, partying and celebrating next to each other, not doing social distancing. How do you, how do you take all those factors into account with people wanting to get back uh, to, you know, air quote, normal, being around people, uh, that type of thing, with opening buildings, opening back up more of the um, interaction of social services, if you will, or other services from the government. Again, reiterating, county government has not been closed, but doing business in a different way. How do these two forces factor and play against each other? Well, as government officials and elected leaders and appointed government officials such as myself, you have to lead by example. Um, Virginia Beach was pretty packed over the weekend, and I saw some things there that I didn't particularly care for from our, from, from, from many leaders. Uh, that being said, um, we are working on ways to spread out individuals. For instance, um, Kirk King Cannon and Park Authority, we've opened the parking lots, allowing folks to park into uh, the parking lots and allowing them to go in our parks because we do have 427 parks and trails plus trails in the in the county, but it allows people to get out um, strategizing like that. Chris Leonard and Kirk have opened up fields to allow for uh, non-permitted use. Um, the superintendent of schools has also committed to opening up fields for non-permitted tentative use. You, you talk about becoming more normal. Well, you know, football season is it's coming up close. High school and the fall seasons are coming close, and they typically are in conditioning right now. How do you make it happen? You have to relax certain things to ensure that people follow what you want done. But if you continuously tell them they can't, they can't do this or they can't do that, then it's an enforcement issue. And, you know, we don't need to have the enforcement individuals going around dealing with these types of things. We need to be a little bit pro proactive and ensure that we have large, ample spaces. Uh, the beach thing, 
you know, I, I'm still looking at CDC guidance. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate we don't have a beach in Fairfax County because I don't know how we would deal with that. Um, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how c- contact and closeness, 12 feet, 6 feet, how does that interact with COVID-19 moving forward? It's a big process. And, and you know, Dr. Gloria um, has put together a really good pandemic plan. Um, we're looking at contact tracing, going into neighborhoods on foot, trying to understand who has the disease and, and how we can get them tested. You know, it's the, the, the statistics have been fascinating to me that 40 percent of the test cases coming back positive were Hispanic. And that just blew, my, blew me away with 30 percent of those test cases, Caucasian, 20 percent were Asian and 10 percent African-American. You know, when you look at our population statistics, that's a little bit different than what we see. But it, it, she's trying to get a, gra- a grasp by having um, some um, impromptu, I would say, testing sites throughout Fairfax County. And there's more coming. Mr. Hill, I've got uh, about two or three minutes left. I've got two final questions. I'm going to give you the final word for both of them. The first one is for county government employees. Any, uh, any final thought, anything you'd like to uh, let county employees know? The many county employees that have been working through this with us and have emailed me um, stating that they are very appreciative of what we've done and how we've done it, I want to say thank you. I really, really want to say thank you to you and to your families, and please stay safe and sound. There is nothing more for me to say to you that I do not want you to be in danger in any fashion. It is our duty to ensure that this building is, and every building that we have in the Fairfax County, is suitable for you to be in. So please note, I would not make or ask or request anyone to come back to work if we weren't doing what, the best that we possibly can. Uh, for our first responders, for our um, public works, for our public health officials, again, thank you so much for doing everything. You've carried the ball. You've continued to do it on a daily basis, and I really appreciate you. Solid Waste, I really appreciate you um, for doing all you can do. Um, I drive around this county every day, talking to a lot of staff while they're out and about. Uh, those individuals, thank you for, for continuing to do what you do. The LDS staff that are doing permitting, permitting is down significantly, but the ones that are that are out there, I've had many calls from Fortune 500 companies and small companies saying, you guys have turned the, the corner. You're doing things better. You're becoming more business friendly, which I just fall off the chair because I've never been in a community where anyone from businesses said we're business friendly when it comes to to permitting. So to Bill Hicks and to John Butler, John Walzer from the fire marshal's office, thank you for uh, thinking about doing things differently and challenging your staff to do it better and more efficiently. Right. And then the the final question, the the final word uh, again today, Friday, May 29th, Fairfax County and Northern Virginia officially move into phase one of the governor's reopening of Virginia. Uh, final thoughts, final comment for the resident of Fairfax County. Continuously be safe. Uh, wear your PPE. Wear your mask. Uh, the governor stated that you have to have a mask on in, in certain areas. Um, please comply. We don't want to have our public um, safety officers trying to enforce when we have other things that we could be doing. 
be smart, be sensible, uh, do it, do it the right way. And if you do it the right way, we will all get through this together. And that is the key. We have to get through this together because if we want to continue to make Fairfax the premier county, we have to continue following the rules and ensuring that everybody's safe and sound. Mr. Hill, thank you so much again for being on the Connect with County Leaders podcast. Continue uh, the great work and uh, stay safe. You as well, Jim. Tell, say hello to Mrs. Person and thank you so much for uh, everything you do for us. We, we really appreciate it, but don't call me thrill. <laughs> we'll do it. That's going to do it for this edition of the Connect with County Leaders again uh, with Fairfax County Executive Brian Hill. Thanks to him for being with us again, and thank you for joining us on this podcast. This has been the Connect with County Leaders podcast. To listen to other great Fairfax County podcasts, visit fairfaxcounty.gov podcasts. And for additional audio content, tune in to Fairfax County Government Radio at fairfaxcounty.gov radio. For more Fairfax County news and event information, visit News Center online at fairfaxcounty.gov news. You also may call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. Weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Or email publicaffairs at fairfaxcounty.gov. The Connect with County Leaders podcast is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.